Sure, Isaiah Foskey and the New Orleans Saints haven't gotten his rookie contract done yet, but seriously, there's no need to be concerned. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Make it Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can find me every Tuesday on the most unhinged day over on Locked on NFL, uh, that podcast, as well as, of course, here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked on Saints. On today's episode, of Locked on Saints. We got a fun one for you here as we're live for our second episode of the day. We're going to be taking a look mostly at the Saints linebacker room. So we're going to talk about different ways the Saints can address it. And actually one interesting way, which doesn't include linebackers at all. Ooh, spooky. And we'll also take a look at Nick Anderson, the two-lane linebacker, sort of what is his path to the roster. But first, I wanted to start off with something a little bit uh, timely. And it's Isaiah Foskey's contract and why you should not be concerned by the fact that the contract hasn't gotten done yet. So if you've been keeping up with the Saints in their rookie contracts, uh, Brian Brzee, Kendra Miller, Kendra Miller was actually the first player, first rookie of the Saints draft class to sign his contract. Nick Saldaveri got $63,000 above what his uh, what his pick slot was. Jake Hayner's contract is signed. Jordan Howden's contract is signed. And A.T. Perry's contract is signed. However, there is one remaining contract that has not been done yet, and that is Isaiah Foskey. And usually around this time when it comes to rookie minicamps and things like that, this is when you see a lot of those contracts getting done is around that time because the players are already at the facility, all of that. But... The big story here is that, or or the big takeaway for you here is that even though all those contracts got done and rookie mini camps are over and OTAs begin next Tuesday, it doesn't mean that you need to be concerned about Isaiah Foskey's deal. Oftentimes when this happens with a rookie contract, it's simply ironing out language. Sometimes it's guarantees, sometimes it's injury waiver type stuff. Sometimes it's new information. It could be any number of things based upon what it is that's kind of going on around that contract and sort of the parameters of that contract and what it might look like. So I wouldn't be concerned about this. And if you need a further reason to not be concerned, I actually want to point you back to just a year ago. Uh, You might remember cornerback Alante Taylor was in a similar situation to where his contract didn't get done. And in fact, or didn't get done as early as everyone else's. And there was a whole bunch of conversation around, should should we be worried? Alante Taylor's not signing his contract. Is there something wrong? All that. And this actually went on until July 20th. That is when Alante Taylor signed his contract. So it wasn't until they reported for training camp that things got done. So don't be worried about this. This is pretty common across the NFL. In fact, There are several draft picks that still aren't signed at the moment. The Saints having 
Six out of their seven draft picks signed already is good for them, but not having the seventh one done doesn't mean that there's something wrong or there's something you should be concerned about or that Isaiah Foskey won't sign his contract or whatever. The fact of the matter is that if he doesn't sign his contract, then he doesn't play. And that's just simply not going to happen. We've spoken to Isaiah in the locker room already. We've seen him out on the practice field for mini camps. He'll be out there at OTAs. We spoke with Cam Jordan about him just yesterday. We rolled some of that on today's first show. If you if you wanted to go and check that out, if you haven't uh, uh, caught that one already. But when you look at where all of this kind of comes together, this is just simply like formality, ironing out details, contract language, loosening up all the things, whatever it might be. It's these little tiny like contract nuances that happen within the rookie contracts, like guarantees and things like that. Not a big deal for you to be concerned about. It hasn't kept him off the field, hasn't kept him from interacting with media, hasn't kept him from working with the team. Remember, he also went with them on their big you know, defensive outing out at Nola Motorsports on the West Bank just a few weeks ago or, or about a week ago. So don't worry about it. Take a breath relax. It's not a big deal. It might get done during OTAs when he's in the building. It might not. You might go all the way into July and he reports for training camp and then signs at some point during training camp. All of that is fine. Just take a breath. Not a big deal. New Orleans Saints and Isaiah Foskey are going to be uh, the pairing that they need to be here in the 2023 NFL season. Because if the Saints don't get something done with Isaiah Foskey and he can't hit the field, then they're out. Uh, They're out a defensive end. They're out an edge defender. They're in a bad situation. Team doesn't want that. He doesn't want that. He wants to be able to play football. He's very excited to be out on the field. So please trust me when I say don't worry about it at all. What is it that could be the hangup? Well, some of it could be if there was some type of, you know, condition or or, or pre-existing something or another that doesn't necessarily impact his play but is something that's there. Let's say that, you know, if I, I don't know, let's say that I had lost like a, 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 a I don't know, a, a part of my pinky or something like that. Like, I'm not trying to compare myself to guys like uh, JPP and Marcus Davenport and everything like that. But like, if there was a pre-existing type of injury or, or affliction or illness or something like that, that had nothing to do with my ability to play football, but it's something kind of, um, you know, uh, internal or something like that, Teams want to make sure that they get that as a part of the contract because then you can't point back and say, oh, well, this thing happened because of my play with, you know, because of me being on the field and playing playing football. It's something that I actually brought into the deal. So maybe something like that was uncovered during physicals or whatever, not necessarily something that's threatening of a career or anything like that, but just something that the NFL doesn't want you to be able to point back to and say, you did this. It's kind of like if, if your car got a couple of dents in it, you know what I'm saying, and then all of a sudden... You run, somebody runs into you on the right side and you try to pass off the dents on the left side as being a part of that accident, insurance is going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. They hit you on this side, not on that side. That stuff is pre-existing. So it's like that kind of stuff. That's the best sort of analogy or example or metaphor or whatever that I could come up for it. So don't be worried about it. it. It could be something like that. It could be guarantee language. It could be that Nick Saldaveri got a little bit over the course of his slotted number. So maybe, maybe, you know, Isaiah's people are saying, hey, 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 he was a second round selection. Can you come up over his slotted number? So little things like that could also be a part of it. Guarantees, injury guarantees. Is my contract guaranteed if I get injured? How much of it is guaranteed if I get injured? It could be any number of things. So I'm boring you with contract talk at this point. I'll shut up. But bottom line is that all of these things are perfectly harmless. 
and it's not a big deal. Don't be worried about it. That contract will get done and it might take until July, but it will get done. All right, coming up next. Undrafted free agents, we're continuing to profile as we go through, or I hate that word, continuing to spotlight as we go through. So we'll discuss next Tulane's Nick Anderson. What is his route to the roster and how can the Saints continue to add to their second level, even if it doesn't necessarily mean bringing in a linebacker? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bars on the market. You can head over to Built.com today, where you can go ahead and check out all of the incredible flavors that they have, including things like salted caramel, cookies and cream. Uh, 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 they have the marshmallow puff bars that are absolutely outstanding, like churro puff and coconut brownie puff, peanut butter puff right now. They have some incredible stuff. So make sure you go and head over to Built.com today so you can see the whole list of all of their fantastic flavors. But you could also head over to Walmart where you can find some of their top flavors there as well. And you don't have to wait for shipping or anything like that. You can head over and get them yourself. You head over to Walmart, you can go to the, uh, the pharmacy section, get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puff. If you head over to Sam's Club as well, you can get a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter puff as well as churro puff as well. Don't worry, you can thank me later. You can head over to Walmart, Sam's Club, or right now, to built.com to get that done and get yourself the best tasting protein bar on the market. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. We are out here hanging out here for this live show, taking a look at Isaiah Fossey's contract, why you shouldn't be worried about it, uh, what are some of the potential wrinkles that are there. Now we're going to look ahead to Nick Anderson, the two-lane linebacker who's uh, you know local to the Mississippi, Louisiana area. Now he gets to play for the New Orleans Saints. What would it take for him to get to the uh, get to the 53-man roster or potentially even a practice squad a spot for him in 2023? So we'll take a look at um, kind of who Nick Anderson is, where he excels, and how that could potentially fit and help out the New Orleans Saints. In a moment, we'll take a look at the rest of the linebacker room and a couple of options for how the Saints can continue to address it. Tomorrow, we'll be taking a look at the spread offense, some things that the Saints could add to their passing game and add to their offense, especially as they look to come back from being the team with the least amount of explosive plays in 2022. How do you about face that in 2023? We'll break that down in tomorrow's morning episode of Locked on Saints. So make sure you're coming through for that. Once again, big thank you to everybody that's here live on the show. Eric Gundam, Elite, uh, Mr. Uh, Mister Fire, Jerry, Carla, Elite Goods. I see y'all. Uh, Jagar, I appreciate y'all very much for being here as well. So let's take a look now at Nick Anderson. So let me introduce you first to Nick Anderson. Here he is. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but just so that you have a little bit of an idea of kind of who he is. So 113 tackles at Tulane last year, had seven of those were tackles for a loss, piled on 27 tackles for a loss throughout his career, uh, had two sacks last year, 10 and a half on his career, pair of forced fumbles and four passes defensed as well. If you want to take a look at some of his uh, athletic measurements, uh, as well as body measurements, five foot nine, 230 pounds, so very undersized at least shorter for a linebacker. But one of his favorite linebackers is this guy right here, Sam Mills, number 51, Mr. Mighty Mouse himself. And so he models his game after him, watches, well, I don't want to say models his game after him, but certainly he's an influence in his game. I went to Tulane's um, uh, pro day where he uh, had a, a pretty good showing, 36 and a half inch vertical, 10 foot, one inch broad jump, four, six, three speed. So showed you he can get sideline to sideline and get there in a hurry. And also the explosive metrics that show you how quickly he can he can kind of tap into action. 
Um, but he was out there and he was wearing a Sam Mills jersey. When he signed his undrafted free agent contract with the New Orleans Saints, he took photos wearing a Sam Mills jersey. This is the guy, of course, that wants to, that he wants to be in, in his time. And will he ever be a Sam Mills, a Hall of Famer? I mean, we shouldn't put those expectations on him, but not a bad guy to, to model yourself after, especially being a 5'9", 230 pound linebacker. And I don't think that that necessarily takes away from his game, especially when it comes to what it is that he's good at. This is the note that I want to read for you directly from Dane Brugler's um, uh, draft guide from The Athletic. And these are some of the final words that he wrote. Some linebackers are secure tacklers, while others are violent tacklers. Anderson is both. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to bring up some trauma for you. But think about early last season. What was one of the things that we always harped on that the Saints struggled with? Tackling, right? Whole mess of missed tackles all throughout the season. We saw them on the defensive line. We saw it in the second level. We saw it at the third level as well with safety play, with corners, all that. We saw it all over the defense. Got much better. We watched Tyron Matthew go from somebody who was missing tackles early and who was like visibly frustrated with himself when we spoke to him post-game a couple of times for missing tackles, the defense missing tackles, all that to being one of the tackle leaders in 2022. So we watched it all kind of turn. But a guy like Nick Anderson, the thing that he brings you is that he is a secure tackler, but he will punish you when he tackles you. Hence those couple of forced fumbles that he's got, or really the handful uh, of forced fumbles that he's got on his record, two of them last year. By the way, he also had a blocked field goal, which takes me to where he can have his most immediate impact and seal his roster spot. And this is the story for a lot of undrafted free agents as well as a lot of guys that are towards the end of the draft, special teams. This is to be the way that you end up making the roster. And Nick Anderson has a very good build for special teams. He's a fast mover. He is a downhill runner. He's a run and hit kind of guy. And he's a good downhill tackler. That's probably really the phrase that I should be using. And again, he's a secure tackler. So when he gets his hands on you, you're coming down. Again, 113 tackles last year during the year with Tulane. The year before that, he missed three games, still racked up 56. The year before that, he played in 12 games, only started one, still had 88 tackles in that year, including 10 and a half for a loss and three and a half sacks. So you can see a little bit of where it is that maybe Nick Anderson was somebody that can come in and play a little bit of a rotational role and have a bit of an impact. Like, let me take you back one more time. Let me repeat that. This is 2020, COVID year, Training camps were shut court, were cut short, shut court, were cut short, all of that stuff. He didn't start but one game out of 12 that he played, 88 tackles, 10 and a half of them things for a loss, and three and a half sacks. So you saw him come in as a sub-package linebacker during that time. I assume I haven't gotten a look at two-lane tape from back in 2020. I apologize. But based on him not having any starts, based on the rotation of what we have seen in terms of his career and the way that he has gotten better and elevated year after year after year, you would imagine he was somebody that was brought in on spot roles or at least played a very specific um, a very specific role uh, on defense. And that's something that you would be asked to do as one of the not top two starters for the Saints defense. You'd be asked to come in and and kind of impact the game in ways that play to your strengths. So either that special teams or like Caden Ellis, you're coming in because of injury, but then you continue to get rotated in even when your guys are back and your starters are there. So there's a whole bunch of different ways that you could see a guy like Nick Anderson get involved when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. But his most immediate path, just like we always talk about with UDFAs and late draft picks, is going to be uh, with 
uh, or, or through special teams. Now, the thing that I would point out here, um, I'm seeing people posting stickers in the YouTube chat right now that have like the emojis dabbing. And I did not know that YouTube had it like that. Shout out to YouTube. Um, the thing that I want to point out, though, is that he's got a little bit of competition. Uh, six foot, 230 pounds. Uh, and, uh, Anthony Orgy, the linebacker out of Vanderbilt, 453 speed, 38 and a half inch vertical, and then a 10 foot one broad jump. So he comes in with a couple of inches. He comes in a little bit taller, uh, around the same weight distribution, and he comes in a little bit faster, comes in a little bit more explosive as well by a little, by, you know, a tiny margin. But that th seven second three cone that we have from Anthony Orgy shows a little bit of his his ability to be able to move around and sort of the more condensed spaces and things like that. So maybe you look at the two of them as competing with one another. Maybe you look at Orgy potentially pushing Nick Anderson a little bit. Nick Anderson's not going to be the guy that you want, you know, dropping back into coverage, at least not immediately. Maybe you want to train him up there, but that was true for Caden Ellis as well. So when you look at where it is that Nick Anderson can have his biggest impact, it's of course going to be as a rotational guy on defense. But it's going to be special teams. That's going to be the big thing. But if he can show you, hey, look, I can drop back into coverage. I can hang with this slot receiver and everything. 5'9 makes it a little bit tough for him to match up with some of the 6'5, 6'6, 6'7 tight ends that are in this division. That's going to be a little bit tough for him. But if he can show you, a, you know, in terms of his ability to be able to carry running backs out of the backfield, things like that, playing sort of that strong side on ball linebacker type role. And then still being able to show you that he could do a little bit in coverage, then maybe it starts to separate him a little bit. So that's really the thing that you're looking for. Can he cover the, the running back out of the backfield? Can he fight through blocks in the NFL at his size? Can he match the NFL speed? Can the game come to him at the speed that it needs to? All of that. So those are the things that you're looking for when it comes to um, when it comes to how Nick Anderson could potentially grab a roster spot. But even if he gets you know, a practice squad spot or something like that, that's going to be good for the New Orleans Saints because they're going to need that depth for their linebacker room. Because again, we just have to assume that injuries at every position are absolutely possible for this New Orleans Saints team, especially how much they have been hounded with injuries over the course of the past couple of years. That's not just going to be a flip of the switch. It's better in 2023. So you want to make sure that you have a ton, a ton of opportunity to be able to get a guy that can come in and maybe serve a role for you. And I want to shout out Tedra Covington here, who says in the in the group chat or in the uh, the group chat. I like actually no, that's what we're gonna call it from now on. It's the group chat. We all out here. We all friends. We all know each other. It's the group chat. We're hanging out. Um, he mentions a good point here that the other thing that Nick Anderson would benefit from is if he can show himself, prove himself to be uh, a sub package linebacker, a, a guy that you a, a sub package pass rush linebacker, a guy that you bring in and say. I want you to get after the quarterback. It's second and 15 or whatever. Get after the quarterback. And those are the things that could help to set Nick Anderson apart. So showing what he can do in coverage, balling out on, on special teams, absolutely huge for him, particularly for the coverage teams. And then his ability to potentially showcase what he might be able to do as a pass rusher. 10 and a half sacks during his career at Tulane. Wasn't asked to do that a ton. But again, in 2020, it's clear that they had a specific role for him in terms of the way that they deployed him. Can he build on that and potentially become a pass rush threat, which would be big for him and his ability to be able to translate to the NFL game and would further help him follow in this guy's footsteps, Sam Mills. All right. Speaking of the linebacker room, um, the New Orleans Saints, look, they have one of the best linebacker cores in the history of the NFL when it comes to the Dome Patrol. You can't expect them to replicate that in 2023, but you definitely want to see them putting linebackers out on the field 
even when the starters aren't able to be out on the field. So how do they continue to build out the linebacker room? I've got three ways for them to be, be able to do it, one of which more creative than the rest. We got that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it. Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big shout out to all the everydayers out there who make us your first listen of the day every day. And sometimes maybe even your last listen of the day every day because you're hanging out for the live shows or you're checking out the live shows after the fact because they go up almost immediately on video and on uh, podcast as well. Oh, Timothy beat me to the punch here. Beat me to the punch a little bit. I'm gonna come to that, Timothy. I got you. So now we've looked at Nick Anderson and kind of his ability to be able to make the roster, but I've got three ways for the Saints to be able to continue to build out that linebacker room. Nick Anderson's a part of one of those ways. So let me start here to get one thing, one one quick one out of the way. Nick Anderson, Anthony Orji, if those guys make the roster, the 53-man roster, or even one of them makes 53 and one of them makes the practice squad, great. Great for the New Orleans Saints. Fantastic to be able to do something like that. Uh, Anthony Orji in particular was a guy that was seen by many as a day three selection. Dane Brugler had him as his linebacker 14, a fifth round selection, a guy who had 108 tackles last year, seven and a half of them things for a loss, had two sacks last year, three forced fumbles, five passes defensed as well. Uh, Kind of the bottom line on him is that he's one of those guys that's kind of a a two down run stopper and a special teamer. Like that's what you want him on the field for. He doesn't have a ton of a value as a coverage guy just yet. So maybe he can prove a little bit of that, just like we talked about with Nick Anderson. But you've got your primary three down guys, Demario Davis and Pete Werner. Having a guy like Anthony Orgy who could rotate in on the strong side, rush the passer, be an on-ball guy, see-ball, get-ball type, then all of a sudden, that's huge. That's huge for him. So um, that's those are the things that you're going to kind of want to see those both of those guys uh, kind of build up in is can you contribute on third down? Can you be a special teamer? But also, can you prove that you should be on the on the field first and second downs? Can you get after the quarterback? Can you stop the run? Uh, if they're able to do that, then the Saints are probably in a better position than maybe we're giving them credit for. But you do you would love to see another veteran kind of added to this unit as a linebacker, maybe another veteran added as an edge rusher as well. The Saints bringing in a couple of free agents to help out on the defensive interior in in, uh, Jack Heflin, who played with the Houston Roughnecks last year. And then, of course, uh, they brought back Nico Lalos, who was with them a good portion of last year as well. So there's a good option in-house. You can go outside as well, and you can get, there's a couple of reunions that the Saints can go with. I mean, they could go all the way back to the guy that got away in Kyle Van Noy, but there's also guys that you can look at like um, John Bostic, and as well as, of course, a guy that is a, a reunion for them in Quan Alexander. And I'm seeing a lot of people mention Quan Alexander. Here's my only thing about Quan. Quan's role would be coming in to effectively be a backup weak side linebacker. He's not going to give you much in the run game at all. That's already been proven. You saw that when he was with the Saints. He's not going to give you much as a pass rusher either. So really what you're getting from Quan is that you're getting a backup coverage linebacker. Can DeMarco Jackson be that guy? Can Zach Bond turn out to be that guy? Can a guy that's also, you know, another guy on the roster end up becoming that guy. We'll have to see. But they don't necessarily have that. Like if Pete Werner goes down with injury, who's the coverage linebacker that you're throwing out on the field? I don't think we have that answer right now. But maybe more immediately, what the Saints are looking for is a guy that's going to be able to be that strong side linebacker. I know they don't deploy it very often, but having a guy that could be a little bit more all around is something that will be able to help them out quite a bit. So that's why I look at a guy like Miles Jack, 
who, look, he can carry a tight end for you. Maybe not the most athletic tight ends in the NFL. Maybe not a Kyle Pitts, but that's what you've got Demario Davis and Pete Werner for, all that. Um, but you're looking for a guy that's going to be able to come in and be able to help you as a pass rusher, help you as a run stopper, all that. I really like John Bostic for that. I like Nick Kwiatkowski for that. I like Miles Jack for that. I also like Kwiatkowski as somebody that could potentially drop back in coverage for you as well. He's kind of taken a dip there a little bit in his you know, uh, in his career. Another guy that I would point to as another coverage linebacker that could potentially be a good addition for New Orleans would be Corey Littleton. That's always kind of been Corey Littleton's specialty for all the way from when you got his Madden cards when he played as a Los Angeles Ram and then eventually became a Raider. Like his his calling card was his ability to be able to cover. So maybe he's a guy like that as well. Or maybe you go the big money route, big, big money, big name route, and you try to go with Deion, Deion Jones. But my bottom line here is that what you're looking for is a third linebacker that can maybe be a two down guy for you to start that can rush the passer, that can try to stop the run. But you're going to need somebody back there that could be a backup coverage linebacker for you. That's why a reunion with Quan Alexander could make sense. I don't think the Saints go that route. Um, I think they would have gone that route pretty quickly if they were going to go that route. They didn't reunite with him last year when they had the chance. Why would they this year? Uh, and then, you know, so instead you look at these other guys like Kwiatkowski and you look at Littleton and others that are out on the, on, on the, uh, out on the market. The other option, which is me getting a little bit creative and getting a little bit crazy. I was, I was doing a very, very unhinged, but very fun episode of Locked in NFL with, uh, Luke Braun yesterday, uh, last night for today's episode. And one of the things that we were talking about was how weak the guard position is around the NFL, which you've heard me, you know, here on the show discuss before. And one of the things that I mentioned was like the Saints entire interior offensive line is constructed from guys that they move from other positions. Um, Starting at right guard, Cesar Ruiz was a college center. Starting at going to center, Eric McCoy was a college right guard. Going to left guard, Andrews Pete was a college tackle. So it's been a lot of grabbing people from other positions and, and moving them around. What if the Saints have already addressed their linebacker position in a way that we're not necessarily thinking of? Maybe the Saints are perfectly comfortable sticking around with a little bit more of a what's called a 4-2-5 defense. Four down linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs. But the thing about the five defensive backs is that oftentimes when we talk about that, what we're really thinking about is, oh, they have a nickel corner or a slot corner on the field. Well, what if they feel like Jonathan Abram is a guy that can come in, be a leader on the defensive side? He's a fantastic locker room guy. Bring him in and let him be that first and second down linebacker when he's out on the field and then shift to a completely different slot corner or fifth defensive back whenever they need that coverage, for instance. And so this is a huge opportunity for them to potentially be able to do something a little bit more creative, right? To where you have a guy like Jonathan Abram and you say, okay, you're the first and second down linebacker, homeboy, like go on out there. Like this is what you're doing now. And then give him an opportunity to do what it is that he does well. The dude's a heat seeking missile when he is on the field. I mean, it's outstanding what he's able to get done. And so there's a ton, a ton of ways that the Saints could actually go that maybe don't make a ton of sense or, or not don't make a ton of sense, but aren't as obvious as you might think. So that's just something that I wanted to put on the table. Could be a really interesting way that the Saints could go um, and all that. And so we'll see. We'll see which way they end up going. There's free agents, there's guys in-house, and there's safeties that could potentially help them at the second level. So I'm very, very intrigued to see what they do. I mean, you think about it. They drafted Jordan Howden. They signed Jonathan Abram. They brought in Lonnie Johnson. They brought in uh, Troy Pride Jr. They already have 
Paul Sinadibo and Marshawn Lattimore and Tyron Matthew and Marcus May and all these other guys. They also brought in Ugo Amadi. They got Bradley Roby. They have Alante Taylor. They've got they have so many defensive backs right now, and they're still signing them. Like they just brought in another guy just yesterday from a tryout. So what I think when I look at that, I think, okay, well, maybe there's something to the Saints saying, you know what? Let's not worry so much about feeling like we have to go out there and just get the number, right? Get the roster number, get the jersey number, get the body out on the field. Let's see what we've got in this situation. And if that's the way that the Saints want to go, I think that there's a way that that can make sense. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles, you look at the um, the Detroit Lions, you look at some of the other teams that carry lighter linebackers. The Kansas City Chiefs carry lighter linebackers and really fixate on safeties that can come down and play in the box. Nickel corners that are good run stoppers and pass rushers and all that. Maybe the Saints could go that route here as well. So there's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch that the Saints could potentially do here. So look, it might not make a ton of sense right now, but hey, maybe it makes sense a little bit later on. And as Carla Prelo says, competition is good for excellence. And speaking of excellence, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We got 138 people in the chat right now. I'm not even going to ask you to hit the like button. I don't even need you to do that. You can if you want to. Feel free. But actually, what I want you to do, because we're going to wrap up the show here. Come back tomorrow. We'll be live again around the same time tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, we'll have a brand new show for you. Take a look at the spread offense and how the Saints can introduce that. And we'll take some pages out of the Eagles offense to show you how it is they can get all that done. I've also got some questions that you guys have asked that we'll get into the uh, that we'll get into the show as well. Don't forget to drop your questions in. Next thing I want you to do, head over to Locked on NBA, please. Head over to Locked on NBA. It's the live show covering the NBA draft lottery. If you're a basketball fan, you'll want to check out Hysterical, those guys all the time. A lot of energy. So go and check them out today. Locked on NBA right after this. So I appreciate y'all so much, as always, for being here live, being here later, for checking out the show and for being here. Let everybody in the chat know when you go over to Locked on NBA that you came over from Locked on Saints. Let them know that I sent you. Jake Madison's there, host of Locked on Pelicans. Show him some love. I appreciate y'all as always making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show for being here live for being here later. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you as always for always making the time to say hi. If you see me, because if you see me, I want you to say hi. As always, if you see me say hi, I don't know why I'm saying that all over again. It's okay. I'm flustered at the moment, but we're going to get through this. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.